Shawty, what's all with y'all? Oh, hi. Coming to say you're lucky, fine. We got to cutting it off. It she know about the kid and fuck on my line. I'ma keep it up all with y'all. But Shawty, I'm trying to make you mine. Don't make it too easy, I wanna try. She looking too good, can't let it go by. Oh, yeah. Think I won the lotto. This slow mulatto. She could be a model. She wanna show me some. Think I won the lotto. In today's episode, Jordan, Butsy, and special guest Letty come on for us to talk about the Lakers and the Nuggets game one, as well as react to the NBA draft lottery and preview the Heat and Celtics game one. All right, here with Jordan, Butsy, and special guest Letty. Thank you for coming on. We're going to start, and I'm just going to give Jordan the floor because this is just something I never saw coming, but Jordan has, for some reason, become a massive Lakers fan. And he actually feels better about them after their loss. So can I, sorry, can I, can I, can I pitch in real quick before Jordan takes it away? Here we go. We had to sit. I had to listen to Jordan scream Lake show, go Lakers, (laughs) get hype every time AD scored for the entire duration of the basketball game. I've never wanted to punch a human being in the face more. Oh, dude, I can't even imagine the text. The texts were driving me insane last night. I've never like genuinely gotten that upset with you. Suck off the fucking entire Lake show in five minutes. Sorry, is the floor mine? Is that <laughs> did we decide that? Because I think I think it's my turn. Um, Lakers in six. First of all, Damn. second of all, I am not a huge Lakers fan. I am someone who gives cogent analysis. That's not a word. The- <laughs> it absolutely is. This Lakers team is being slept on by everyone. Everyone thinks Denver is walking through this series and gonna sleepwalk their way to the finals and win the finals. I think the Lakers are absolutely the better team in this series. And the Nuggets came out last night. I expected them to win. I thought it was going to get ugly. It almost did get ugly. I think the Lakers showed a lot of fight and a lot of um, determination to just stay in that game and fight their way back the way they did. A lot of teams, I think, would have laid down, rolled over, lost by 30. The Nuggets made everything they looked at in this game. Obviously, you have Jokic going off, made a ridiculous shot at the end of the third. Jamal Murray made a prayer at the end of a shot clock. Michael Porter Jr. did Michael Porter Jr. things. But overall, when I look at this fourth quarter, this is why I'm encouraged. Nikola Jokic, three points, two turnovers, and he took two shot attempts. He got his points from the line. The The Lakers actually put Rui Hachimura on him as the primary guy. Started bringing AD over and help a lot like the Celtics did with um, Al Horford and Rob Williams. That worked like a charm. Caused a ton of turnovers. The Nuggets were not, they didn't look like themselves anymore. They weren't getting their their normal good shots. And then, I mean, you saw down the stretch, the Lakers offense is, is as good as I've been saying it is. Like, Austin Reeves shows up in a big way. Rui Hachimura has a big game on offense. And then LeBron and AD do their thing. So, I don't know how you can't be encouraged by this game. Um, a game where the Nuggets make everything they look at and the Lakers could have lost by 30 and end up losing by five and have a chance in the end. Yeah, that Rui Hachimura adjustment was crazy. I want to talk about that. That was, I didn't see that one coming. He actually played really well on Jokic, completely shut him down with the help, like you mentioned. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess looking at and watching the game in general, I mean, there's not, I, I, I don't, I disagree. I don't think that the Lakers are going to get much better offensively. I think that they got at their peak, but I also don't think Denver's going to get much better offensively. So I understand why you feel a little bit better, but I don't think I'd be extremely confident if I was you and the Lakers. I don't, I still don't see why you are. I uh, think I, I'm not saying the Lakers are going to get better on offense, but I'm saying the Nuggets are not sustaining that shooting performance. Go ahead, Buttsy. I'm just saying, like, if you think they're going to win in six, you really believe that they're going to win game two in Denver. Yeah, I do. Like, 100% believe that they're going to win. Absolutely. I'm I, I don't. On them. I, I still think that Denver's a really, really tough place to play. And despite the insane push that the Lakers had and how well the Nuggets played throughout the whole game, I don't know if I could see. I, I think both sides are going to make adjustments. I think it's going to be a much lower scoring game. I think it's going to be a, a better defensive battle than what we saw last night. Um, but the series is, I, I think, I had Nuggets in seven. I said it last night. Um, I, I think they're going to win in seven. I think this is going to be a big game where, or a big series where both teams are going to protect home court really well. Um, and then it's going to go back to Denver for a game seven, and I just trust Denver at home. I mean, something about that, like, not only the altitude, but the atmosphere in Denver is fucking electric. Like, they are a great playoff city, um, similar to, like, a Utah. 
uh, when they get going to the playoffs, that place gets fucking going. What are you shaking your head at? You don't think Denver's a great playoff city? Not at all. That, play, that crowd, crowd was going so weak. That um, crowd was going nuts. Jordan, I have something for you. You don't think the Nuggets are going to be able to maintain this level of shooting, but the Lakers also shot 46% from three last game. The Nuggets yeah. shot 47% from three. I think – I do think the Lakers should be encouraged by this performance. I think they match up on I don't think their offense is great. I just think they get Jamal Murray in pick-and-roll situations. By the way, Jamal Murray had five fouls with five minutes left in the game. They hunted him every possession, and they didn't drive on him once. The last possession of the game, LeBron, with 14 seconds left in the shot clock, had Jamal Murray on him with five fouls and didn't go to the rim. I don't understand how you're not driving that ball. I think, yes, the rest of the series does look good for the Lakers, but I think there's no reason why they should have lost that game one, and I think it's completely on LeBron. Yeah, wow. I like that. I, that I, I'm glad yeah. on that one. Um, Real quick on Jamal Murray, those that shot selection in the last couple of minutes of the game I thought was horrendous between him and KCP. Um, some of them are waving off Jokic in the post when he has Rui on him, who Rui was playing well, and obviously you're worried about the double, but Jokic has the ability to pass out of that double when someone, when inevitably AD or whoever crashes in the middle, he can kick it out to someone in the corner instead of Jamal and MPJ and KCP just kind of taking three or four horrific shots. Um, and this is why Jamal Murray drives me crazy. Yeah, well, one of the shots that KCP took that, Jordan was talking about last night. I think it was Jokic was in the middle of the lane and he could have put up a contested floater, but instead hit KCP on the flares game for the open three. And I was like, that kind of feels like when we run a play for fucking smart or smart somehow gets open at the end of a, like at the end of a play and he takes a shot that we really just don't want him taking. You want Jokic taking a shot in that case. Like we've said it all playoff series and all the fucking teams, like you want your best player to take the shot down the stretch, no matter what, no matter if it's like Tatum taking a fucking fadeaway two against Philly, instead of kicking it out smart, or if it's Jokic taking a contested mid range, instead of uh, p- kicking out to KCP for an open three, like, and then on the other side, LeBron, LeBron went to Letty's point. LeBron went at Jamal Murray like four times in the fourth quarter and got to the line all four times. I think he might have had an and one and one or two and then got to the line like two other times. So the fact that he pulled up for the one of the most contested threes I've ever seen somebody take really and then really didn't bad. go in. And it's just like and there was also I believe there was 40 seconds left, something like that. Yeah, you can go for a two for one and you can like a go. Minute. You more can go get a time. bucket more than enough time, right? You can set up a play, still run a play, get a bucket, go down one, and then get a stop. Like, you have to trust your defense in that spot. And I don't know if LeBron didn't or he just wanted to get it all back so all the credit could go on him. But AD also had the quietest 40 points in yeah, human history, I think. Yeah. Um, It literally just kept adding up where he would just have the little pop shot, pop push shots in the lane. Um, And they were going in. And then he hit that big three in the corner as well. Uh, I thought AD played phenomenally. Um, I think Joker steals this headline, in my opinion, but definitely going to be a, gr- a great, great series. But see, yeah. you don't like that KCP. It was an Aaron Gordon back screen when it was a Jamal Murray, Jokic pick and roll. Jamal to Jokic in the middle of the lane. Aaron Gordon comes over for the back screen. KCP has yeah, a KCP. wide open three on the wing. Schroeder flops, doesn't get the call. You don't like that shot, a wide open three, probably two minutes left in the game from KCP who's shooting the ball. Was over there two minutes left? Time. I thought there was less time left. What, like 130? I don't know. I I, I, I didn't mind it because it was so open. I, I think that was the play, too. I think that was the set. Yeah. Um. I thought there was less time left. I, I got to go look it back and, and see how much time is left. But that was the set, I think, in my opinion, was either if Jokic didn't have anything, he was going to have KCP on the on the back screen, on the back flare screen for – um. KCP, but um, I, I I just think that I don't know. I, I want to see how much time was left because if there was like two minutes left, then obviously whatever. But if there was like a minute, like oh, just over a minute or like a minute left, I want Jokic taking that shot. Um, I thought Aaron Gordon offensively played pretty bad, but defensively, I was really impressed with how he held up against LeBron. Um, there was that one move, there was that one play. Um, I forget, I think it was probably in the fourth when LeBron drives and all three nuggets collapse in and they all get basically get a hand on the ball and LeBron just powers through and lays it in for the and one. And that just shows how much of a freak LeBron is at this age to be able to be that strong. Um, 
other than that, though, I thought Aaron Gordon held up just strength wise when when they were down low and LeBron is banging into him. He held his ground. Um, I think he's going to get better and offensively and make some shots finally. But I, I so I think that that's kind of a thing that's going for Denver as well. And then Christian Brown, too. I know he didn't play like a ton, but he could not make a shot to save his life. And I think that's going to change as well because. I like him a lot, but then you're not, you're going to have performances like Bruce Brown's performance. I don't think that's sustainable. I don't know if he's going to be continuously getting like 16 plus points a night. Um, I thought he was a real difference. The energy that he brought Um, Jokic really unlocks him because Brown uh, Brown rather just uh, literally cuts around kind of like Steph Curry esque. He's just always in motion running around. So he's always unlocked. Um, But yeah, I think this game game one, doesn't didn't tell us a ton because I think this was kind of a strange game in my opinion. I don't know. I don't know if you guys agree with that. I think this game told us so much. Really? Because I I disagree, dude. I don't think I don't think I, really I don't know do. if this is what the normal performance is going to look like for the Lakers. Look, both teams shot the shit out of the ball. That's not telling us much because that's not going to happen all the time. Mm-hmm. But the way the Lakers responded to being down like that, and the way they fought, and the the poise that I think they showed, and the experience of a LeBron-led team is just different than what you see from other teams like the Celtics and even probably the Nuggets. Like A a lot of teams, when they're down 21 and the other team is making everything they look at, they don't make this comeback. And the Lakers were able to to make the comeback. They didn't complete it. Um, I think that LeBron shot was absolutely horrible. I think AD actually had a good shot um, at a layup and kind of smoked it at the end, too. I don't think Jamal Murray is going to average 30 in this series. I don't think... Uh, the Nuggets role players are going to play as well in LA. I don't think the Nuggets role players are going to play as well as they did last night. Why? Do you but think that Rudy puts up? Do you think Rudy goes eight for eleven again and has twenty three points? No, that that's what I was just about to say. I I don't think either either team's role players are going to play this good. D'Angelo Russell did really struggle, and I think he hurt them. I think he will have some big games and be a factor in the series. Austin Reeves played out of his mind. I'm I'm not expecting him to make you know five threes in a game, but. Anyway, I think overall what this showed us is that the Lakers have experience and poise that I don't think the Nuggets have because you saw them kind of collapse down the stretch and let the Lakers back into this game. And like Letty said, if you want to look at it from, um, you know, a, a blaming LeBron point, like you could. You could easily argue that the Lakers should have won this game. Fair. Yeah, um, I agree. I just want to say, like, in the playoffs so far, uh, Denver is tied – or it, re- remaining their number one um, with the highest field goal percentage in the playoffs so far at 49.4%. The Lakers are at number three with 47.5. So both teams shot, you know, slightly better this game. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't think the offensive output is going to keep up for either team as we saw. And I think that Denver is, is more capable on defense than you're giving them credit for Jordan. Uh, I, I don't think they're incapable on defense, but I think, the way LeBron plays now is you. I mean, Aaron Gordon's a, a tough matchup for him, but they get the switch all the time with Jamal Murray, and Jamal Murray cannot guard LeBron at all. And I don't think anyone can guard AD, especially Jokic. I think no. AD's gonna really torch Jokic this whole series. Um, I was surprised Jokic dominated the boards a little bit. I would like to see AD kind of um, get that back a little bit because we know he can have those huge rebound games. But I, I just don't. I don't know. I, I believe in the Lakers offense and I think the Lakers I, I think these teams are evenly matched offensively and I think the Lakers have a clearly better defense. Not that Denver's defense is bad, but the Lakers defense is really solid. Denver's threes are Denver shoots the ball like from three way better. They're right now they're le- they're second behind the Celtics in playoffs, thirty eight point seven percent. So um, the Warriors. What? The Warriors oh, are the, the Warriors. Ball. Yeah. No, they didn't no. shoot it. Not in that series. No, not so. they're not. They're not. But like they hadn't been shooting as well as as the Nuggets have as a team. I mean, yeah. LeBron Lake- was literally leaving Clay Thompson open. Yeah, and Lakers right now are shooting thirty three point eight percent um in the playoffs. So they're yeah. they're way towards the end. Um, they shot out of their minds this game. I don't think that's. I, think I that's. I, I agree. Like the Lakers aren't an amazing shooting team, but this stuff all balances out because the Lakers get to the line better than any other team in the league. And they do it so easily. AD took 11 foul shots, went 11 for 11. LeBron went 8 for 11. Reeves gets to the line really well. They didn't even get to the line that much, and they still outshot the Nuggets from the foul line. Shot, yeah, by four. 
Yeah. So they got they went there twice more. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think the threes are a big part of it. You yeah, don't think that thing, bounces out? Not well, I mean in games when they shoot more than like a four plus four differential uh in free throws, but I don't know. Yeah. I think that they're gonna I mean Jokic is able to get some calls as well, but I mean Lakers are known for being able to draw the most fouls so far. Um ever since that Celtics Lakers uh overtime missed call, I guess. They've been getting the most foul calls in the NBA. But um yeah, I don't know. I, I think we're just at a standstill at this point. But I want to talk about the um the transition offense of the Denver Nuggets because that was yeah. fucking unbelievable to watch in the first half. Every Lakers miss. I don't know if it's because the Lakers were coming out flat. Obviously, they were missing shots. Um, I don't know if they needed to get their to get their you know oxygen in their system or I don't know what the case was. But the Nuggets literally threatened to run the Lakers off the floor um, early on in this game. Uh, and and I want to you know pose the question like like why is why was their transition offense so effective early? Was it just because the Lakers weren't hitting shots? Is it because the Lakers played bad transition defense? Like. Was it a combination of both, maybe? Like, what do you think, Lud? I think all season the Lakers have had bad transition defense. You could see it. It, it could be that they're gassed playing in Denver because obviously it's harder to play there. But I don't know. They just looked, in my opinion, they looked like a little disengaged, especially in the first half. They were down, what, 18 in the first half? And they made like they made a great push, but I think it was just, I guess, a little too, too little too late type thing. Um so yeah, I think getting off to a bad start in the first half really affected them towards the end of the game. One of the also, things that surprised me, uh, just real quick, Max. One of the things that surprised me about this Lakers team, and I think is the biggest difference, like pre-trade deadline and post-trade deadline, is how bad we would see them fold when they would go down early. Like how many times in the regular season? I know regular season is different than playoffs, but I mean, this Lakers team in like the first half of the season would go down, like even last year would go down 15, 20 points. And then would have zero fight whatsoever, uh, and the game would just be over. Um, you know, whenever they went down twenty. But I was very impressed, and I and I think it was unexpected for the Lakers to have this this amount of fight and put together this this well of a comeback or this good of a comeback or almost. Um, but yeah, I was impressed by them. Um, I also just think that Denver is in better shape because I mean, when you play when your home is Denver, they're playing at that higher altitude that they're having higher altitude training. So I think their team is just in better shape. They're ready to run, with the exception of Jokic. Um, he looked relatively gassed in that fourth quarter for sure. You could see it. But they have a lot of athletes on that team. Not that the Lakers don't, but playing at high altitude like that, your body gets used to it. So I think that's an aspect as, as to why um, their transition was a lot, like, just much better. Also, when you have guards like Jamal, um, Murray, and KCP that just get out and run and are extremely fast, that helps with transition. And Jokic is a great outlet passer. I think he's relatively underrated in how he can either get the ball off the rim and just push it himself, or he has these really nice outlet passes. Um, and they're all very good at them. Jamal Murray is actually really good at that too. You saw in the last play of the game, that awesome alley-oop to Aaron Gordon. That was uh, really well done. I think that was two passes. It was like whoever got the rebound, passed it up to Jamal, and then Jamal ooped yeah. it to Gordon. So No dribbles. Yeah, really no dribbles. That's what I like about them. Um, I've watched a lot of Denver this season, and that's what they do is they love to get the ball off the rim and run, and they don't dribble the ball as much as you would think. Um, I'm going to share my screen with you guys real quick. Um, obviously, the audience isn't going to be able to see this, but this is the LeBron James shot chart um, from last game. So the blue circles are makes. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but it seems like he's shooting in the paint areas where all of his makes minus one, and then he missed four one, two, three, four, five shots outside, or sorry, six shots outside of the paint. He made two outside of the paint. All the other shots he made are inside the paint. Um, I keep bringing up that I feel like LeBron is charging his batteries and is waiting to really explode. Uh, last night was the game to kind of explode, and he did not. Um, are you guys getting a little bit worried about the age in LeBron, or are we still where we're at, that he's still you know, a beast and we don't know what he's capable of? I think... Um... I've heard LeBron talk about this before. He calls game one a feel-out game. Yeah. Um, little fun fact for you guys. When the Lakers won the 2020 finals in the bubble, they actually lost the first game of every single series. Whether it was first, I think they played the Rockets in the Western Conference semifinals. Nuggets it's a great fun fact. Finals. It's a great fact, Letty. So if you look at it like that, 
I don't, I don't, I'm not letting him off the hook by any means. This is a game that he should have won and he could have won. He was capable of doing it, but sometimes LeBron just doesn't want to try as hard as he can. Um, so no, I'm not worried about it. I think AD looked fucking awesome. We'll see how he bounces back after, if it's like two days of rest. Um, but no, I'm not worried. One, uh, one of the things too, like you would talk about LeBron trying hard and, and not trying hard. Um, defensively he had a few lapses like just absolute like failed closeouts or rebounds that he could have gotten and he just didn't fight for and you know he instead of getting the rebound he would let, i think like let Jokic got it once to try to slap at or aaron gordon or someone like that i forget the yeah. exact play i'm referencing um but something like that where it's just like a little effort play a little hustle play where you get an extra rebound you save a possession could absolutely be huge in determining you know a close game especially when you're trying to mount a 20 point plus comeback so um I don't know if LeBron is not capable, but I don't know if he wants to put in all those extra effort plays now that like he is is old and, and, and his game is mainly at the rim on the other end. I don't know if he's trying to like save his energy uh, on, on the defensive end. I don't know what it is, but he'll have one diving hustle play and it'll make every page of like every fucking social media, sports social media account. Um, but I just don't think LeBron is going to be that hustle guy on the defensive end, that's going to help, you know, really secure the Lakers' defense. To be fair, he's 38. So, I mean, like, it, well, what he's I doing know, is amazing. But, but, but we're going to, like, we've been saying that for for forever. And it's like, let's just, you know, just yeah. call it like we see it at this point. You, you can't really give age a factor at this point. I mean, yeah, but there's no one that's done what he's done so far. I I, I think we went a little on the wrong way uh, against him. I, I think, like, like so, I think it's more of what Letty said, and it's um the game one thing. He's kind of feeling it out. That's all. How so is this, like how is he feeling this out? Like he played a, amazing. He took he one bad ama- shot. He didn't play amazing. He played absolutely phenomenal. He, he shot nine for sixteen. He, he took pretty good one game. bad shot. He, he played was zero for phenomenal four. Phenomenal game. He, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Phenomenal. Zero for four. Offensively, from three. He needs offensively, to, he needs to stop shooting the threes. He hasn't made the threes all playoffs. He needs to stop taking those. And that was a horrible shot. Um, with with a minute left or fifty seconds, whatever it was. I don't know what those other three threes were. But if LeBron took zero threes in a game, I would not mind that at all. But overall, he goes 26, 12, and 9, and we're criticizing him and saying he didn't play well. Like, he, he took one bad no shot. We're saying I he think. didn't play well. We're just saying he's – we're saying that it felt like he has he was conserving a little bit, which is fine. Yeah. Um. Also, Jordan, question for you. Anthony Davis, 42 minutes. LeBron, 40 minutes. Reeves, 42. Um, compared to – the Nuggets, only one player played more than 40 minutes, and that was Jokic. you okay with that? Okay, so this is the best point that I've heard against the Lakers so far, is that they're, they're two stars who are not as durable as you would like them to be are playing too many minutes. I agree with this. I would have rather the Lakers actually get blown out last night so they could sit their stars and LeBron and AD play like 28 minutes because to lose this game and have them play those those high minutes, I think it's actually one of the worst things that could have happened. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not, I shouldn't say I'm not okay with it because I think you have to fight and you have to keep them in when you're making that run and you have a chance to win the game. You can't just give up and pull them, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. What are you going to do? So you just have to hope that they're, they're going to stay and, and have enough energy to finish it out. I think that's, that's the biggest question mark. Just to check in, just making sure you're aware. Um, okay. Any other thoughts on this game before we transition? Can I propose I, a question? Yes, go ahead. I got two actually. One, if you're if you're the Nuggets, what do you do on defense now that you know Jamal Murray is going to be in every single screen? Do you let him guard or do you do you try and hedge and recover? And then Mike Malone made the adjustment where he put KCP on Austin Reeves towards the end of the game, which was working out better because Reeves got two wide open looks. But how do you defend it? Do you show? I, I don't know. I don't know what to do on that. I, I think you got to just take Jamal out of every ball screen situation. I don't know how you do that. I don't know if that's possible in the NBA. But, like, trying to just find a way to get him out of the pick and roll is is crazy because, like, not only did he have the five fouls and it was he getting bullied by LeBron, but, like, there were two times where Austin Reeves like would just flare or like, you know, set a ghost screen and just run right to the three point line. And Jamal Murray couldn't even get back. Like there was really even no contact. He just was, I don't know if it was laziness or if it was just, he's just not a great defender. 
Um, so I think finding a way to get him out of the pick and roll at all costs mm-hmm. would be is 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 essential. But so them I going think forward, no matter who he's guarding, they're they're just gonna set a screen for LeBron. I know it's Schroeder, it's, it's it's impossible in the NBA. It, I but think I think you got to avoid getting the mismatch down low. I'm not really worried about the Austin Reeves open threes as much as I am how much like I talked about it earlier. LeBron went at him like four or five times in the paint uh, and had a ton of success down low. I think that is the one page you have to avoid. And I think you can do it if as soon as you see the uh, Jamal guarding LeBron, you just send the double and then Jamal gets the fuck out of there. Like, I, I think there's there's a way to do it. I think they're capable of doing it. Um, I know LeBron was incredible at the rim last night and looked like he could just run through a fucking brick wall. But I, I think that's that's how you have to guard it because you can't really let Jamal Murray pick up five fouls trying to guard LeBron. The 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 problem is you're playing against LeBron, who's a complete genius. So the if Jamal Murray's on the floor, he's gonna get hunted, and there's just yeah. nothing. I don't I don't know what you do, um, because LeBron is so smart. He probably knows Denver's like this isn't sarcasm. He he definitely knows Denver's like entire playbook would be my guess. So, um, I I honestly don't know what you do because it's not like you can sit Jamal. He's so uh, integral to your offense. So you have to have him out there for your offense and your offensive output. But he's just. Yeah, he's just a spot on defense that's going to get attacked by LeBron. So I'm not sure what you do. Yeah, the uh, I I think the Nuggets have to do a better job of fighting through the screen, whoever it is. But also, like Butsy said, if LeBron gets Jamal in the post, I think you have to throw a double. But again, that's not a great remedy. Like, because LeBron's such a good passer, he's going to kick it out. It's going to be wide open threes. I guess you'd rather live with a wide open three than you would a layup. Um, and, you know, getting Jamal in foul trouble. But I think this is a, a big issue for, for the Nuggets. And the other issue, too, is they have two guys, the Nuggets do, that the Lakers want to put in pick and rolls with Jokic and Murray. It's not just one guy. So they can really hunt matchups. They can Close. make make their and, stars work. And MPJ, you can argue, they, they kind of they attack him pretty often. He's, yeah, that's true. His foot speed is a little bit slower than you would think for a guy with that athleticism. When they really attack at MPJ, you can kind of see him. Yeah, I mean, he was on Rui last night, I think, and Rui kind of. Yeah, and Rui's not known for his speed. He's more of like a bigger build, thicker guy. Um, Yeah, and then what do you guys think of um, the Lakers adjustment with Rui playing Jokic? And what do they do with – J.J. Redick was talking about this last night where – he was talking about Gordon not playing in that dunker spot because then it allows AD to stay in the paint and basically defend everyone who touches the paint. What do you think? The How did the Nuggets adjust from that? Well, the the adjustment is Aaron Gordon has to make open jump shots. And if that doesn't happen, then that, that defense is going to work all series. So I think uh, Jokic also could have made a couple better decisions. I think that threw him off a little bit. AD coming over um, caused some bad passes and some bad decisions from Jokic. I'm not thinking that's going to continue because Jokic is such a good player. But even if Aaron Gordon's not in the dunker spot, AD's going to sit in the paint. Um, we saw Robert Williams do it with with P.J. Tucker and just live with a P.J. Tucker three in the Celtics Sixer series. So mm-hmm. I think that's what the Lakers will do. Um, you know, AD get a late closeout on, on Gordon. And if Gordon makes the shots, then you have to adjust. Um, I, I don't think the Lakers expect Gordon to make the shots. I think they would much rather have Aaron Gordon taking, uh, you know, somewhat open shots than Jokic kind of dominating and, and taking over the game. I think they I think it was a miscue on Denver. Like I think they tried to out, you know, checkers um Darwin Ham. And I think that they thought that the Lakers would expect Gordon to be in the dunker spot. So they tried something a little bit different because he's usually just hovering around there. That's where they've been successful. Uh he plays cleanup a lot of the time as well with his athleticism and the, his ability to jump um with no space. It's it's like a different type of jumping, how quick he can get in the air and up without needing any space or a buildup. Um, that's what makes him so awesome with those putback dunks and everything like that. So I think they were trying to, I think they expected that the Lakers thought that Gordon was going to be in the dunker spot. So they did something different to try and out, you know, just kind of confuse the Lakers and it was to their detriment. So I think when they see that, they're going to make the adjustment there. But Jordan's right. I mean, he needs to make jumpers. Um, he's been wishy-washy shooting all season. So who knows what that looks like. I think I got more than enough content for my next Lakers TikTok, so we can oh boy. we can move on whenever. <laughs> All right, uh, let's let's preview this Celtics and Heat game. Um, we don't have to go super in depth because it's game one, so you don't really know exactly what we're gonna get in get out of it because you know Spolster is gonna be coming with some funky stuff. Um, my question to you guys is how quickly do we see a zone 
from uh, the Heat? And can the Celtics actually beat it? Because as much as I'm joking, uh, the Celtics get so flustered when they see zones. It's insane. Yeah, I, I think we see it very early. Um, and this is a Spolstra thing where he's just going to outsmart yeah. Joe at every turn. Yep. So whenever that zone comes, we'll see what the adjustment is. I think, yes, we can beat it because we can make shots. But I think it comes down to Tatum, honestly, because Tatum's been known to take some really bad threes, especially even when the Sixers played zone, Tatum would just huck threes. Um, and I think the, the key to breaking his own is just moving the ball and, and finding the open guy and knocking down shots. I think we can do it. It's just a matter of what version of Tatum we will get. Uh, I think Jalen, I'm not worried about. It's more about will Tatum take good shots and will he make his shots. Uh, Lay, do you think that we'd be successful in attacking Bam like we did uh, Embiid by pulling him up to the top, or do you think we should look at something different? Um, yeah, I do. I think, especially when the Knicks played the Heat, uh, we kind of we attacked Bam and getting him in foul trouble is huge. So if you guys can figure out a way to do that, also make him guard the perimeter. Like all five of you guys, all. Like the starters on the court for the Celtics, they could all shoot, especially. I mean, Al hasn't been great in the postseason, but he still can shoot the ball. I would like to see a healthy mix of pick and rolls and also pick and pops. I think that would keep them guessing. And I think against the zone, you guys are fine. I think you have five people who could flash middle and distribute. And as long as you hit shots, which you should be able to, you'll win this series in six. You would think we'd be all right. Yeah, Yeah, you would think so, but for some reason it completely fucks the Celtics up every time. I don't know why. Every time the Heat have thrown it at us a bunch, um, and the Sixers have done it, like Jordan alluded to, and you should see the looks on their faces when they see it. It, It's like it totally breaks us down. I don't know why. It's because our our whole offense is predicated on getting by your guy and kicking out, and that that guy getting by their guy and kicking out, and it completely changes when there's a zone. You can't dribble into it. You can't just try and play one-on-one and mm-hmm. attack the paint so yeah we'll see it's that's that's a missoula thing um and yeah. we'll see what the adjustment adjustment is in terms of bam though i do think he's a much better perimeter defender than Embiid. Yeah. Embiid absolutely wrecked the celtics um like mentally their ability to to drive and to take layups we were scared of Embiid that whole series and tatum finally somehow figured it out and just just went at him in game seven but i think that was more because we got him on the perimeter with bam he's he's good enough to guard tatum like he really is so that is kind of a a scary thing and a big difference but at the same time i don't think bam's the rim protector that Embiid is so it'll be interesting to see how we how we attack bam yeah perimeter wise i look at it like Embiid has better footwork but bam is better speed um like foot speed so bam can keep up with tatum on those drives he can get like long and go out and meet him at that angle to kind of stay in front of him. Uh, Embiid's a little bit slower with that, but his footwork is better in terms of like post footwork and things of that nature, um, where Bam is just a little bit faster. Um, I, I should have brought this up sooner. Letty, for those of you that don't know, is a Knicks fan, so he just went through this whole series with the Heat. Um, is there anything that stood out about them that you think the Celtics can attack? You've already mentioned a little bit, but anything else? Uh, hmm. Not that, no offense, but not that the Knicks found a lot of weaknesses in the Heat. I think it was more. Yeah, the Knicks were a more, weakness. Yeah, yeah, I do agree. It was more. The Knicks were, if you can find their Julius Randle and attack that, then you're good. Um, I, I mean, I, like they're like they're good. They're solid. They're everyone defends. They just spawn these three and D guys like yeah. and, and Max Struess, and they undrafted come three and D guys, and they're all great. Um, I don't know. I would love for you guys if Kevin Love gets any sort of minutes, you got to pick him apart because that guy is fucking old. Yeah. I think um, they're good. Like they're they're a savvy team. Like Kyle Lowry is gonna do that bullshit on defense where he's gonna he's gonna be a pest. He's gonna steal the ball or he's gonna flop and get calls. Gabe Vincent starting to pick up that from Lowry too. So they're a smart team. Like they know they're all a veteran team. You guys have had experience. I think you have a lot more talent than they do, and I think they they just beat us because we're young and inexperienced. Yeah, no, I just think they beat you because because you guys because you guys stink. Like Julius Randle's fucking horrible. Well, yeah, Julius Randle didn't show up. But not talking about Steve, Julius Randle. Stephen A. called him <laughs> called for him to get traded on national television. Letty, which 
Yeah, I, I, we all agree with that. But who, who like, Who's no one wants him. him. Yeah, he's taking him. Dump, yeah. Him. Yeah. Just dump him over there. True. Jordan and I had him going to Portland last year. Yeah. Portland, I would love yeah. that. Letty, what do you make of the Heat offense? Because we know they're good on defense. I don't think they have enough firepower to keep up with the Celtics, but for some reason, they continue to win these series. They continue to give the Celtics trouble in the past few years. What are you seeing from them on offense? I mean, is it just Jimmy going off? Is that how they win games? No, it's really not. He, look, he put up numbers in our series, but they were quiet. And there was not at one point in any game where I was like, oh my God, Jimmy is about to take over this game. Um, He gets to the line a lot. He gets a lot of calls. I think Kyle Lowry had hits big shots down the stretch. Gabe Vincent turns into a monster sometimes and nobody knows why. Um, The only constant that I would say that they had that you might be a little worried about is Bam. I think Bam Bam is one of the best players in the league at getting to his spots. And when he gets to that mid-range pull-up type thing, it's very hard to guard. Similar to Embiid. I mean, you stopped Embiid, so you know you, you kind of have a game plan as to what Bam's going to do as well. Um, but, yeah, I think they live or die by the three, and they have just – they've been heating up at the right time. They were the worst three-point shooting team in the regular season, and now in the playoffs, all of a sudden, everyone's hitting shots. So, yes, yeah, can, can Can I allude to a matchup that I think is going to be key in, the, in this series? Who – if Bam guards – Tatum, right? Are we are we assuming that Bam's gonna guard Tatum? No, no. Why would he? Jimmy's Jimmy's Jimmy would guard Tatum. I think yeah, I would think then so. Is, is Truce gonna guard Brown? Probably. Oh, fuck, I hope so. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. We just it's have gonna be a lot of that. zone. It's it's a uh. it, it, we talked about the zone and I wanted to chime in, but I was gonna I was gonna let myself get settled back into the pot after disappearing for five minutes due to uh, Mother Nature was calling my name, but I was gonna say like the Celtics when they pick apart a zone, it's gorgeous. Like when we put Al in the fucking middle and Al just turns and can either float it or dump it or kick it to the corner, like we look so good. But I don't know why we refuse to do that time in and time in, like time in and time out against that zone. Like Philly ran it, and we would pick it apart a couple of times. I'd be like, it's not that fucking hard. And then we just wouldn't put a guy in the middle the next three times down. It doesn't make any sense. So I want to see a little more consistency. If they do play zone, I, I like you guys said, I'm expecting a lot of zone out of them because matchup-wise, we would absolutely tear them apart. I think we could win – Um. Not win, but I think we're going to have a better chance in the paint than I think. Um, I think when we run this two-big lineup, uh, I think Rob Will and Al are going to have a field day on the boards with Bam. I think they're going to battle Bam and, and really wear him down throughout this series because with those two guys crashing the boards, mainly Rob and how well he's been playing, um, especially the minutes too. Like He's been playing a lot of minutes. He's been playing really valuable and good minutes too. I think he could give Bam a challenge on the boards. Yeah. Oh, the Mar- I forget which Martin brother. I think it's Caleb. Um, Caleb, I was getting yeah. confused. It's Caleb. Jordy, yeah, Cody, me. yeah, Cody's in uh, Charlotte, but yeah, Caleb Martin, I also think, weirdly enough, is going to be a little bit of a factor in this because he just he has this athleticism about him, and he's not scared of the moment. Um, I've been no, impressed with not. his play. So he had a he's, crazy I, dunk in like game five. Oh yeah. That, speaking that of that was insane. Speaking of which, that Bruce Brown dunk last night, holy! Oh fuck. my god, god he took man. off from a far distance. Was, he was I have a question like, for the panel. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Sure. Okay, so Sixer series, the big adjustment was the two big lineup, Rob coming into the starting lineup. Do we think that lineup is necessary here? I think, I mean, is is K Love gonna start for the Heat? And if so, like, does it, do we need the rim protection of Rob, or do we try and pick him apart with our speed with Derek White? I like the two big lineup for this one just to start, uh, just because it it makes us a ton bigger than the Heat are like really small if you look at it and we can yeah I, I think our two bigs um like rob will and al aren't super fast but our other three are fast enough where i think we can hold up transitionally with uh the heat so you kind of aren't super worried about the speed that they give up with the two big so i i like that going into it um and especially if kevin love does end up starting which i don't think he would but if he does end up starting um that would be solid there i like the two big to start but if, if they if they tear it up um obviously we should change I like our death lineup. I like our two big lineup. Um, I think you stick with it, especially I know it's a different series and a completely different team that we're playing, but this that five looked so good together on both sides of the ball. Um, that I think you, you run with it to start. Um and I I think you can make a jet like a Missoula will have to make an adjustment mid game if it doesn't work. 
Um, our bench, you know, you're going to have Brogdon and Derek White coming off the bench, like right away, fresh legs, if that doesn't work. Uh, so I, I think we're in good shape either way. Um, I, but I do like starting with the big lineup and then transitioning to a smaller, a small ball team if, if we need to. And I think we will have to at some point. Um, and it might be just a stretch in the game where we go small and, 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 you know, it works really well. Then we bring in Rob and, and I think there's going to be a good balance of the two lineups and I'm looking forward to it. I don't think Rob will play as many minutes as he did against Philly in this series. Um, I don't think he'll have to, um, because I think we'll go small a good amount, but I I'm expecting us to start with the two big lineup and then kind of, you know, in, uh, you know, putting Brogdon and, and white in throughout the game to, to kind of speed up, especially uh, if they up play our offense. Yeah. Right. Especially and you need shooting. Um, are you guys worried about Rob playing 30 minutes a game? Is he still that injury prone? Yes, he is. And yes, I he am. will always be injury prone in my opinion. He's like it's it's AD right here, and then Rob Will is like right a like a centimeter below him in terms of scale of hey, fear when they hair. fall down. Well, okay, um, <laughs> so yeah, so um, I I also wanted to say that uh, Derek White looked terrified last uh series, so I'm all right if he's coming off the bench again because he seems like he's all right with that too. Yeah, I agree. All right, um, anything else on this game, or can we talk about Wemby in the draft lottery? Let's talk about Wemby. Yeah, so did you guys hear did you guys watch the lottery? I did. Yeah. Okay, so you heard Woj sit there and say that he was the best prospect in the history of team sports. Yep. Yes. And then and then you heard them say that executives believe within his third year he could be the best player in the NBA. Someone yeah. said they'd offer him a Supermax without seeing him play a game. Yes. So oh, I'm not gonna be the guy that does it. Um, I'm just saying the expectations are high. I'm not going to be the guy that says anything further than that because I know Rasilla was talking about that on his pod. He's like, who's going to be the next? He's like, I want to bet money on who's the guy that's going to go on and say that Wemby's not good. Um, I think he's going to be amazing. I just think the expectations are very high for him, which is, that's all I'm saying Let's, on that. I think the bigger story is the teams that got fucked here. Um, the pit, like we said before the pod started, the Pistons got screwed with the fifth pick in the draft. Um, oh, yeah. I know this draft is really deep. I think the one two is it's a it's a really really, even the top four I I think are really good, um you know with uh what the fuck's the guy's name from Bama um Brandon Miller uh, Brandon Miller Brandon Miller um the Scoot Thompson Henderson, brothers the Thompson. Scoot, I, that's what I'm saying like it's a big I think it's a big one two three, uh I don't have a ton of confidence in the Thompson brothers I know they played OT elite and they looked really good there and I don't really can't know shoot, what the though. level of competition is they can't shoot very well yeah. um I think the one two three is huge and I think the Pistons getting fifth they got absolutely fucked they yeah. literally tanked for Wemby won 17 games this year um them and the Rockets you know getting the fifth and fourth picks I think they got absolutely fucked well and I think it throws a wrinkle in the Rockets plan by the way I know they added Eme there were talks about Jalen Brown there was talks about Harden but I think a big part of it Evolved around them getting Wemby too, so I, I think the Rockets got fucked. I thought they were going to get the one going into it, um, but I'm happy. I'm actually happy San Antonio got the one. I think that's a great fit for Wemby with all the history. I know he said it with Tony Parker, and uh, he threw out a name Boris Diaw as well was a name that I completely forgot about. Um, the French native uh, had a great career uh, in San Antonio as well, so I, I think it's a great fit for Wemby. Um, I saw a post today on Frankie Vision on IG. It was like it's go time. It was a picture of Wemby and Romeo Langford. Uh, so they got they got, <laughs> they got playing. Some he was playing well. He played well in, in yeah. San they Antonio. they got some buildings to do in San Antonio. But Romeo, we drafted him fourteenth. Who's who's the last pick in the lottery? I think yeah, it was fourteen. Uh, he was horrible. Uh, but I think he's been playing better now. Yeah. Um, this draft is really weird because it starts at two and ends at three. So that's where the stories start. Is who goes number two? And because you know Wemby's going one, so the draft mm-hmm. really starts at two. Um, uh, my guess, just going into it, like first day. Uh, reaction my guess would be that they go well actually no I was thinking about it today I basketball wise you would think they would go Brandon Miller but you already have Mikhail Bridges on your or not Mikhail uh the other Bridges on Miles Bridges on your team that's his name right and yeah he already has a lot of off the court issues you're going to add in Brandon Miller who <laughs> you know is associated with a murder I don't, I don't know if that's the right way of saying that but he's been investigated yeah, John this. you have a big three yeah so there there you go so <laughs> exactly so I don't know. They have new management. Uh, Michael Jordan's taking a step back, becoming a minority o- owner. Thank God. I don't know. Yes, thank God. He I don't know if, if your first move as new management is to ha- is to draft someone with that background while still having bridges on your team. Um, so there's that. However, he fits in better with um, the team and the core that they have than Scoot Henderson does. Scoot Henderson would be a little bit more ball dominant or a lot more <clears throat> ball dominant. And um, that would be kind of a weird fit with LaMelo, in my opinion. 
But this draft is really interesting just because it's that, just because of those two picks. Other than that, it's kind of a weak draft class this year. A lot of people took alternate routes, so it's hard to like compare, like Butsy said, with the Thompson twins. They were in the G League, so you don't really know what you're getting with them. You have some international prospects. OTE. OTE. Yeah. Like, not even the G League. Like, yeah, yeah, not even the G League. It's like the I, over, I, over, yeah. I don't even know how you can compare the talent level. Like, I know yeah. OTE was a great success this year, and I didn't think it was going to be as popular as it was. But it's really difficult. I don't know how they are playing in the combine or anything like that. Uh, I'm not a big NBA combine guy, just like I'm not a big NFL combine guy. Um, but I don't know how you stack up the competition that they had. I know they're great talents, but the competition that they played against versus the G League or even Wemby overseas, I, I think it's a big, 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 big difference in my opinion. Um, I So they were talking about their thing is that immediately Wemby makes the Spurs at least like a – borderline play in playoff team uh and it, it begin makes them good right away and i was looking back and looked through at the teams that they drafted their number one overall pick and that pick immediately made them have like a better season and i think the names that we came to the conclusion were going all the way back was kareem in 69 the bucks become a little bit better with that with him um they be, they have a winning season after that one and then after that it is Magic Johnson in 79. Um, I believe he wins the title that year once they draft him in his rookie year. And then if you go back again, um, Patrick Ewing with the, with Letty's Knicks in yeah. 85, 86. They rigged, kind of rigged, put some stuff together. Rigged, so rigged. And then so, after, so that, rigged. after that, it's Tim Duncan in 1997 with the aforementioned Spurs. Other than that, going from Tim Duncan – Michael Olawakandi to the Clippers at 98, Elton Brand in 99 to the Bulls, Kenyon Martin, Kenyon Martin in 2000 to the Nets, uh, Kwame Brown bust 01, Yao Ming 02, LeBron 03. That those Cavs teams were not very good until I believe he was like 20 and like a couple years down the road, so he didn't immediately make them amazing. Dwight Howard in 04, Bogut 05, Andrea Bargnani 06, Greg Oden 07, Rose 08. Griffin 09, John Wall 10, Kyrie 2011, they were not good for a little bit as well. Anthony Davis 2012, the Hornets, you know, you know how that goes. Anthony Bennett 13, Wiggins 14, Cat 15, Simmons 16, um, Markel Fultz 17, DeAndre 8 and 18, Zion 19, Anthony Edwards 2020, Kate Cunningham 21, and Paolo 2022. Paolo is the one, I guess you could make an argument that the team got better his rookie year. Other than that, we haven't seen this in the modern history of a player coming in and making his team a winning team right away. So just wanted to put that information out there. Um, we haven't heard from you, Letty or Jordan. So any thoughts on, on this so far? Well, I I'm wondering like how long coach pop is going to stick around because now you have Wemby. I thought pop might've been on his way out. Like yeah. if they didn't get Wemby and now they have, yeah, you know, the, the generational talent on their team. And I just don't know. Like, do you want to stay with his whole career as long as you can? Because this guy is someone who we think can can lead teams to titles. So I think Pop is going to be a huge part of Wemby's development. I think wherever he went, he would be great. But having Pop is such an advantage for him. I think he, he's going to be awesome. And I, I just hope Pop stays with him for as long as he can. Yeah, 74. He's, he's 74 years old right now. He's Say still Wemby. with it, though. He, oh, hundred oh, percent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He he's still one of the one of the best coaches in the not in like the Belichick. <laughs> yeah, Belichick. Man, Whoa. Man, yeah, that's actually an interesting. I take. mean, all right. Well, when you hire your defensive coordinator as your offensive coordinator, right. it was a bad move. But for, he's not. He's a, a good, he has not he's been a, good a great game GM. coach. He's a great yeah. game coach. Great game planner. Has not been a great GM over the last few years. We don't need to get into it. This isn't a this isn't a football show right now. Um, I, I, I'm getting a little Letty. heated about the Bill Belichick yes. GM situation. I'm just going to cut you off here, buddy. Yeah, go um, ahead, all right. please. <laughs> Letty, it's extremely interesting. Um, the way that the draft worked out, the now the Magic hold pick six and I believe six, uh, pick eleven. They already have a bunch of young guys. Do you think they add more young guys to that team, or do you think they package those picks for a a, like a veteran player to really put them over the top. I mean, I like the core. Yeah. I think I think the Magic are going to be good soon. Um, I don't know. Do you have anyone in mind that they so, can package for? Yeah. So I mean, like if you look at their um roster, really the only upgrade that I would 
honestly feasibly look at because they on they have a super nice roster. It's Cole Anthony, Paolo, Goga Pataze doesn't necessarily play Bull Bull, Wendell Carter Jr., who I really like. Um, Michael Carter Williams doesn't really play. Markel Fultz is their starting point guard. He's actually pretty perfect for this yeah, team. Um, yeah, he doesn't shoot, which is perfect because you have to um, pass shots along with Paolo and Franz. So he kind of initiates the offense really well. Uh, Gary Harris, who I really like at shooting guard. Caleb Houston, I, another guy Jordan and I really liked coming out of Summer League. Uh, he was awesome. Mo Wagner, Franz Wagner. Jalen Suggs is another guy that could pop. Um, Admiral Schofield, shout out Vols. Jay Scrub, Chumo Kiki, I like. He played some good minutes. Jonathan Isaac, um, who knows with him. So clearly they're just extremely young. They lack a they lack um, a vet here. I think the spot to upgrade would be that Cole Anthony spot. He kind of is, you know, takeover um, in the Trey Young, Jalen Green kind of realm where it's like, oh, I need to shoot now and shoot everything. If you can upgrade that position, um, I don't know exactly who that looks like. This is a weird one, um, and I wouldn't do it if I was the Magic, but I would like for them to get Chris Paul on their team somehow. I'm not saying use the 6 and 11. That's overpaying for him, but um, there are names out there that I think the problem is the free agency class coming up is really bad. I think Jay Crowder is the best available mm-hmm. free agent. So, um, But I, I was just – yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, Dame Lillard is a name that could come up depending on who has the draft capital. Um, maybe if you're – Charlotte, you do something weird with that. I don't know if you would want to go there, but but do you have any ideas? Not, I I have a idea along just kind of like the talking trades, all that stuff. I saw something the other day or yesterday. Uh, it was I, I believe I forget the exact number, but the but the Thunder have like a million first round picks yeah. in the next until like twenty twenty nine. I think they have like nineteen or something absolutely yeah, like, fucking absurd. It's yeah. not like it's a insane number. Um, and I heard. Saw an Instagram post and and I think it's out of the realm of possibility, but it's kind of fun to talk about. What if the what if the Thunder traded like nine first round picks for the number one overall pick? It wouldn't happen. Is that is that what it would cost? Nine first rounders? I think it, it would cost, cost more. It. I don't I think, think it would cost, cost more in my opinion. And do what? And put Weminyawa with Chet? Yeah. Yes. With two seven footers? <laughs> yes. Well, there's yes. no way. There's no way that anyone there's no way that the Spurs are trading this pick. For there's, anything, I mean, you think there's would, nothing they would do it for? I swear to God, there was for Luka Doncic. I, I I no, they would say no. They would it's say an interesting no. thought experiment. Is all is all I'm trying to get at. I think, it's, I think a, it's a unique. I think it's a unique situation. I think, I think it's a yeah. great thought experiment. What would Thanks, San Antonio say yes to? I think there's something out there. I like, don't. I really has don't to be. There They're has saying that he's the be. best prospect. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and three firsts. They would say no to that. I'm telling you. I don't no think they would say no to that. They would never say no to that. They would say no to that, dude. They're they're calling this guy the best. Prospect in team sports. No, 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 no. <laughs> just Woj is calling him that. I think he, Woj might be the Dude, only no, person. No, but everyone. Have you heard? Have you heard anyone say anything bad about Wemby? And has has anyone the, called him anything worse than better than or the best prospect since LeBron James? Yeah. I I think the injury concerns are real. I think the body type is the only concern that I've heard, and I think it's a valid one. And we saw the same concern with Chet, and he got injured right away and missed his entire first season. Mm-hmm. So if I'm if I'm the Spurs, I mean, if I get a crazy offer from <laughs> from the Boston Celtics, I I would hear it at least. If I get a crazy offer from OKC for Chet Shea and eight firsts, like I'm gonna hear that at least. I don't know. I think it's a fun thought. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Dude, what do you guys <laughs> think about? Uh, do you think he's he obviously is a unicorn, a little different than a unicorn. Am I wrong to compare him to Christoph Porzingis a little bit? I've heard this a lot. I've heard this a lot. His his mobility, like his fluidity. Yes, you're wrong. If you watch them, um, have you watched his games? On they had him on League Pass this year, which is the first time they've ever done that. Where they that's actually hilarious that they had him on League Pass. Yeah, I was watching him, and the fluidity that this guy moves with for his size is it. It's more than what Christoph's had. Um, Christoph's frame is a little bit like he's has a little bit more on his frame. Wemby's also not done growing. He's only 19, um, and he's already Kristaps' final size. Um, Kristaps was the better shooter immediately. Wemby's release and everything looks good. He just takes some bad shots. But if you look at his free throw numbers, they're they're good, and he shoots free throws well. That's usually a sign of like your shooting ability um, as you get older. Like they they tend to say that if you have good free throw free throw numbers, um, they're not super worried about your jumper and all that. Um, what sets him apart too is his defensive ability. He has the ability to be defensively Kevin Garnett, and then offensively 
you you pick um one of the best like whoever is great so um now this is where i kind of disagree max because i i hear the same stuff about chet that he's so good on defense we haven't seen chet on an nba floor yet but i just have a feeling that Embiid and Jokic would not now absolutely bully these guys like but i mean how much like, are they really going to put on so much muscle? Like, yes. Look at Giannis's frame. Look at Giannis when he came into the league, and look at Giannis now. That's kind of the that, prototype of what you're looking at for frame. I don't know. I don't think that's possible for, for Wemby to look it, like Giannis. I, I just mean, don't. Not, Wemby's seven four. He's a different body type. I think he's but, more a KD body type, and even look thinner at KD. than KD. But look, KD filled out. Look at Kristaps Porzingis. He filled out. It, it, there is there is precedent to filling that's, out. At that's that fair. My point is, are you not concerned in the slightest about his body type? No, that's in... the most concerning factor about him. Yeah. 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 Okay. But it's yeah. also yeah. the biggest upside about him too. Yeah. And um, from what I've heard, I don't know. You, if you haven't, you should listen. Uh, Windhorse had like unprecedented access to Wemby. He basically like lived with him for a week, and he got the most information that anyone's gotten from Wemby. Um, and that what I heard from that, I listened to the whole thing. And what I heard from that made me feel a lot better in terms of the way that he is wired, the way that he is um, being taken care of in France or protecting him like an asset. They make him take like four or five naps a day. They make him eat like eight <laughs> meals a day. Um, they have him doing all those weird stretches that the European guys did. That's what set Dirk apart was he had, remember that weird coach that Dirk was associated with the shooting coach that now everyone goes to um, to fix themselves and make their career better. Everyone goes over to Europe to get like longer careers. That's what Kobe did. And um, that's what Wemby's baseline has been. Like he's been working with those guys across Europe um, to get his body right. And the way that they have handled him and worked with him and watched his minutes restrictions, they've, they're watching his diet. He's had basically like elite um, health and health care with him since before he was a superstar because the way that basketball is set up in Europe, they get you in those young schools when you're like in grade school and they teach you to play basketball the correct way and they get your body right. Not kind of, kind of unlike America. They don't do that here. So I feel better about him as a prospect, but I am afraid about his body, but I, I like his body more than Chet's in terms of like NBA stuff and holding up. You like his body, dude? Yeah. No. Nah, as soon as I said that, I was waiting for <laughs> Butsy to say something, but he didn't. <laughs> Uh, this is a professional podcast. I like to keep it uh, PG here on the yeah. pod. I'm sure you told them you went to go take a shit in the middle of the pod, but <laughs> taking a shit's totally PG, PG rated. He actually um, said it was Mother Nature calling him. He didn't true, say. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So Detroit gets fucked. Um, Houston also is another team that got fucked. They they get the fourth pick, and as we said, that that draft is kind of a one two three draft. So they kind of lose out on their pick there. But see, Portland. Port, I mean, Portland was not supposed to be up that high anyway. Yeah, so that's I what know. I mean. Good for them, dude. Yeah, what are they going to win? Winners. Yeah, winners. so I heard winners. something. I heard something. Um, is it out of the realm of possibility that you move on from Dame there? You take your third pick and you build around Anthony Simons, uh, Shaden Sharp, and the third pick? Is that? I think that sounds like a good idea to me. I mean, yeah. Jeremy Grant probably know. walks in free agency this summer. Yeah, is Dame a free agent right now? No, he's 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 got a whole contract. He's yeah. So they would trade him, shop him, yeah. assets. That would be yeah. awesome. I think they should do that. I think they should. I don't think they're gonna. They don't want to part with him. They there was a Bleacher Report notification yesterday that said now they're building around Dame for the sixth consecutive yeah. draft in a row is what they've tried to do, and they just they're just they're not making any progress. Like they're making very lateral movements, very side to side movements. Like Jeremy Grant, for example. I, I I'm I'm done with the Blazers. I'm done. They're ruining Dame's career. They're ruining, and Dame doesn't want to leave. I respect that. He has the loyalty to the city. But what are they going to do now? If if Charlotte winds up taking Brandon Miller, are they going to take Scoot Henderson and then what? Shop him? Or are they going to trade Anthony and now they're going to rotate another guard with Dame? Like they, their team is not set up as a championship team, and Dame can be as good as Steph. So I don't I don't know. It's yeah. annoying. Not to mention you take Scoot and now you have Dame, Scoot, Shaden, and Anthony Simons all extremely ball dominant guards. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of a lot. What do you guys what do you guys think would be a good landing spot for Dame? Uh if we're gonna talk about shopping him a little bit. Uh what does that package like look like for him? Where do you see him landing? I know Max is a big he's kind of like our trade guru uh when it comes to comes to talking trades and figure and figuring trades out. So Max, I'll start with you and move on to the rest of the panel. But Dame 
still is just one of the best scorers in the league, if not the best scorer in the NBA. Um, he's been playing unreal basketball. I know, obviously, like we've said, the, the Blazers suck, but like, where could you see him going where he could make a impact on a possible championship winning team? So <clears throat> the Rudy Gobert trade fucked everything up. The, the market's like messed up for trades now because you're going to have the buyer going to is going to be more um scared and less prone to overpaying for superstars because of what the Rudy Gobert trade happened and then meanwhile you're going to have the seller looking to get a huge trade package similar to the Rudy Gobert trade package so because of that i think you're going to see a lack of big stars being moved that being said we did see Kevin Durant get moved and that also could mess up the market cuz you could have argued that Mikhail Bridges maybe should not have been involved in that trade um, you could argue that the Suns gave up too much for KD, but that's a different pot. So I think it's going to be extremely hard to move superstars now, and at least for a while, because of the, what the market looks like for trades. That being said, um, I don't think any teams have realistically the capital alongside the players that the Blazers might be looking for, unless they're looking to fully rebuild, which I assume they would be. And if that's the case, I guess you're looking at teams like OKC, uh, teams like Orlando that have cap. I mean, not cap. They have a bunch of draft picks and draft capital. What about um, Toronto? Toronto is another that. Yeah, that's that's the other team that we were kind of looking at. They we thought they were going to be sellers at the deadline. They weirdly were actually buyers, which was strange. Maybe you get something either their their draft capital or you get like a Siakam in or Dame and maybe some extra pieces on the side. That would be kind of weird for. Portland, I don't see, I don't know why they would do the Siakam one, but I could see them doing the the draft capital one. Um, it there's not. Let's put it this way: the teams that are that would take Dame and become championship level teams don't have the draft capital to meet the needs of the Blazers. Um, if do they're you going think, that way, do you think the Sixers or the Heat could swing like Tyler Hero and picks, or like Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris and picks, yeah, to land Dame? That's like the one. That. That's the one. The Sixers one is the one that like I, I've been looking at. They, they, they lack the draft capital though. And if so, it's like if Portland's going to roll into this rebuild, you do that with drafting players, right? Or because yeah. what happens if you get? I mean, like I like the Tyrese Maxey Tobias Harris trade for Portland, um, but I think is that enough for Dame? I don't know what like no. what you guys think. Yeah. So no, I, you would I, need I, picks. Yeah, and I don't know if they have the picks to do that. That's the problem. Because Tyrese Maxey, you could build around him. Um, but then it's still a little weird, like perimeter wise, your defense is fucked. I mean, with Simons, Maxey, yeah, uh, Shaden Sharp and whoever the third pick is, that's kind of a mess there. So, um, who knows? It, it's really Dame is a hard player to trade because one, what his contract looks like, two, the value that he would bring in is something that I don't know if can be matched by anyone right now because the team is so evenly spread out. I mean the league rather, but yeah, there's that's my thoughts on that. Any other trades, butts? That was kind of the big one, I think. Um, oh, New I don't Orleans. Know New Orleans could do it, actually. Yeah, yeah, New Orleans could I as well. Um, I I heard Stephen A. say something. Now that you said New Orleans, it, it sparked something that I saw Stephen A. say the other day, and it's a hot take, but it might also be a little true. You think about the most recent number one or most recent picks. Uh, what what was Zion's draft? Was that twenty twenty? Yeah, uh, Zion, twenty twenty. Twenty 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 uh, nineteen. Nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Who was the twenty nineteen? So Zion, Zion, uh, Zion, Jaw, Ardrey, right? Garland was five. Yeah, it was right. Zion, so Jaw, Ardrey, DeAndre. Sorry, Zion one, Jaw two, RJ three, DeAndre Hunter four, and Darius Garland five. So. Because of Jaws off the court issues and because Zion's body is broken, Stephen <laughs> I, A goes out on the limb and says that RJ has been the best pick and has has, has been the most impactful pick out of that draft class. What's the Lally? class that has John Morant and uh Zion Williamson? Mm-hmm. Letty, uh our loyal Knicks fan. Um mixed feelings about RJ in the regular season, had a pretty good playoff series against the Heat, kind of found a stride, I think, a little bit. We were we were we were discussing that. Uh, so what do you think about Stephen A's, uh, Stephen A's flaming take here? I think uh, I'm putting Stephen A on blast right now. <laughs> oh, I'm saying, okay. Put him on blast. He's a coward. Yeah. He's a oh, fraud. Shit. Say it. Oh, I my think, God. Dude, he called R.J. Barrett's performance 
in the playoffs, like unexplainable or or despicable. One of those two very negative words. And R.J. Barrett, debatably our second best player in these playoffs, like was a very good player, averaging over 20, a huge leap for him in his career. And Stephen A. calls him horrible. I just I and then and then he switches his take and then he says that RJ is the best pick in this draft. So it's just it's classic Stephen A. saying one thing and then saying another the next week. Did he it's say that last? Did he say that it was the best in the draft or the best out of the three? I think he was like kind of highlighting like the. I think he was saying best in the draft. I don't, I don't remember the exact so, quote, but I just think it was it was the third overall pick. I mean, and... The answer has got to be Garland. He's, that's yeah. That's where I was getting. It. Yeah. Best. yeah. Garland is clearly the best in the draft. Like the most yeah. valuable pick or so. I forget yeah. the exact quote, but it was basically just like because Zion and, and uh, Ja well, have so many issues, like that RJ has been like the most valuable or best pick in the draft, something like that. I know. I know Jordan's pick for this would be Rui Hachimura though, because he, <laughs> he goes like uh, twelve or. 13 nope way higher he was like 10 or something to the wizards very good pick Nine. i think <laughs> I, I mean i i think zion very still good pick. slept on i and also like i'd still rather have jaw than rj i don't know what, yeah. what we're talking about I, i'd still rather have either zion or jaw over RJ. even if zion With is it has been has been playing for the next couple or last couple years and in, in, in uncertainty about his future jordan like do you I'll, see him being i'll take a, the like uncertainty a... dude uh, okay. i will take the uncertainty and the upside rather than RJ being an up and down like well how about this third I'm or fourth certain option. RJ's mid like I'm very certain exactly that he's a mid no offense <laughs> no offense like, <laughs> that's what I'm I mean RJ. thank you I've just never been a big RJ guy I don't know why when do yeah, we think uh, when do we think we see Zion playing like 50 games a season like next year do we, do we finally think he's gonna play I don't know I don't know no answer to that question <laughs> when do you think the world ends I don't know it's like <laughs> who knows dude it's you who knows what happens with him um all right, so when we get into Z- who's better, Zion or RJ, that's probably time to end the pod. So yeah. <laughs> thank you all for listening. Uh, this has been a fun one. Thank you for coming on, Letty. We would love to have you on much more in the future. Awesome. And, yeah, let's go Celtics, right, guys? Yeah, you got to watch the game tonight. Watch game tonight. Take some game notes. Take some yeah. game notes and come back ready to, to exactly. discuss. Exactly. All right, thank you all for listening. We'll be back to discuss the Celtics' hopeful victory over the Heat. So thank you all for listening. And yeah. Shot it was all with y'all. Oh, hi. Coming to say you're lucky, fine. We got to cutting it off. Nobody kidding, fuck on my line. I'ma keep it up with y'all. But shorty, I'm trying to make you mine. Don't make it too easy, I wanna try. She looking too good, can't let it go by. Oh, yeah. Think I won the lotto. This slow mulatto. She could be a model. She wanna show me some. Think I won the lotto. This slow mulatto. She could be a model.